Hello everyone, and welcome to the Low Watt Living Podcast. The podcast for anyone who wants to live a little more energy independent. I'm your host, Harlan Meeks, and this is episode 7. Okay, first things first, um, a couple episodes ago I talked about, or it might have been last episode, I talked about uh, the Survival Podcast. Uh, I made a mistake, I said survivalpodcast.com, it's actually survivalpodcast.net. So I just wanted to correct that error for you guys. And today we're going to be talking about, we're going to be continuing actually our path on the tiny house uh, aspect. We did the power, we did the water, and today we're going to be talking about solar hot water. Very simple, very easy way. You know how I like to do that first. I like to go the easy way. First of all, the uh, solar hot water uh, heating system uh, the Department of Energy says that the high-tech ones that you can get the evacuated tubes and all this stuff can reach temperatures between 170 to 350 degrees Fahrenheit, which is pretty awesome. But the ones we're going to talk about today will get uh, 100 degrees, maybe 120, depe- depending on where you live. I live in Indiana. We don't get super hot here. We're not Arizona or anything, but it'll get in the hundreds of degrees. All right, first thing you do is you have your water supply, whether that be the rain barrel, whether that be uh, just your home faucet on the outside of your house. Uh, You need some kind of pressure uh, forcing this water. And you just take a regular old black garden hose. Uh, You you roll it up, uh, make it look like a disc. You just keep rolling, rolling, rolling. And uh, you can lay that on your roof, you can lay that on concrete, attach uh, the inlet, wherever your water's coming from, into one side, and your outlet to hot water heater, to a hot water heater, and the water that's going through that coil will be heated up by the sun. When it gets to your hot water heater, your hot water heater won't have to work very hard at all, if at all. It'll basically just be a storage tank for hot water. And that's about, you know, that's simple. That's down and dirty, you know, if you have no power for a long time, if you, you know, whatever. Um, there's also another way to do it with the same components. You just have to add a few things. Uh, you make a, basically a wooden box with a glass front on it. You, you, you uh, spiral this hose inside there um, and have the glass facing. Uh, let's say you put it on your roof. And you have the glass facing out, obviously. And the sun will come through there and just heat that water and heat that water. And if you have this box well insulated, this temp- the temperature of the water can be really, really hot. And uh, s- same same deal with the inlet and outlet. Uh, you could probably make a box, uh, roll that up, roll the hose up in there. And on the bottom of the box have... Sorry, everybody. I just uh, realized I had my gain down pretty low and you... Probably couldn't hear me very well, but uh, continuing on what I was saying, if you actually did hear me, uh, what you want on the bottom of this box is you want the inlet on one side, the outlet on the other, so, so that allows this water to circulate inside that hose and heat up uh, to pretty freaking hot, actually. Um, you want that water coming out, going in, you, hot water heater, or you can directly into a shower, whatever you want. I mean, you just got to be careful if you're using this water directly. It's going to be pretty hot. It might actually burn you a little bit. But this is a good way 
to, depending on if you have electric hot water heater, uh, we have a gas here and it's pretty efficient actually. But if you have three or four people using, using uh, hot water, our tank can get depleted pretty fast. But this is all in regards to the tiny house I'm talking about. So this would be a really good thing to use to wash my dishes, to take showers actually. Um, this would be really nice to have. And use something you can throw up on a metal roof, you know, because that's what the that's what I would probably want. I don't know if I'm, I'm if I'm gonna go for shingles if I ever decide to get this house or this tiny house uh, shed thing, or if I want to go with metal roof because I do want water catchment off this, and I'm a little concerned with the whole asphalt part of the shingles, though a lot of people don't seem to be too concerned with it. Uh, so I might just do, I don't know, who knows, uh, metal, shingles, I haven't really decided yet. Either way, this this is something you can throw up there or just have on the back of the the uh, tiny house, you know, uh, just with a little stand with the glass facing up, you know, to catch the, the rays of the sun. Uh, it could be right next to your uh, solar panels as far as I'm concerned. Um, you could have a small, a small, another small solar panel. And a tiny battery, a 12 amp hour or some, some crazy little thing, seven, seven and a half amp hour, uh, which they use for, um, uh, what are those uh, electric fences? You can get those at uh, tractor supply is where I saw them last time. Anyway, you can get those, excuse me, hold on a second. <clears throat> and you can, um, use that to provide a, a pressure pump, put a little pump up there. And it could pump out of your barrels that you're uh, catching the rainwater out of. Pump the water up in the barrels. Um, this, I mean, as far as you're concerned, it doesn't really matter if it, you know, if it pumps that out because you're going to be getting a lot of water. Surprisingly, a lot of water uh, and rain catchment. Obviously, depending on where you live. Here in uh, northeast Indiana, we get freaking tons of rain. Uh, not tropic type, but... Uh, but a lot of rain. And uh, this would be a good thing. You turn it on, turn it off, this hot water. Because you just have to turn the pump on and off. And uh, obviously, if you have winter con winter conditions wherever you live, you'll want to drain that system. But it should be fine over wintering once it's drained. Because there's nothing really there to go bad. Because your hose is inside your box. Sealed inside your box and it gets... It gets pretty warm in there every day um e even in the winter as long as you have sun that if then that insul and that box is insulated well it's going to get warm in there obviously you have all the water drained so there's nothing to you know break open and bust open so i would think everything should be fine if nothing else you make this little uh, make it a little unit where you detach the hose the inlet and the outlet and you carry this box wherever you want to have it you can sit it inside your tiny home if you got room i mean and um, then deploy it when it's a nice warm day. Deploy it when you have a lot of sun, even in the winter, I guess. You could because you're going to have your barrel sitting out there anyway. So, actually, you know what? This would be a really good thing. You could recircle. Recircle. You could um, uh, circulate your water in your barrels. If you have water barrels uh, in the winter, you could use this system. I just thought of this. You could use this system to keep your barrels from freezing. You could just run the inlet and outlet straight to your barrels. 
So it's circulating the water and it's heating that water up. And even on a cold day, as long as you have sun, that would be circulating that water, keeping that water at a pretty good temperature. And then uh, water is actually can hold some heat for quite some time. So even through the night, maybe it would keep that from freezing. That is a really good idea. That might be another podcast. I don't know. But anyway, that's the down and dirty of it. Uh, Short and sweet, about 8 minutes, 30 seconds on this podcast. Uh, If if you guys want more in-depth on the, I guess, proper way to do this or the more intense way to do this, let me know on Facebook. That's where I get all my uh, feedback from you guys. Uh, This is actually posted on Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Uh, which is a free hosting site. Eventually, I might get a, a website and host it through HostGator or something like that. I just don't want the expense right now. Right now, it's free. I'm doing this. You know, it doesn't cost me anything because I have the mic and I have the computer. But uh, go go on Facebook. Uh, look up Low Out Living. You, you'll um, if you find the right one, there'll be lightning in the background, and and you'll see a. Uh, a backup battery system that that's mine. You'll see my posts for low out living there. Uh, just leave a, leave a comment on the post, leave a comment on the post for this episode. If you want, or, or any of the episodes, they're all posted there. Just go ahead and leave. If you have any questions on anything, go ahead and just uh, leave it there. If you have a question on the power backup system, the water harvesting, the, the, uh, double a, triple a battery chargers. If, if you, if you, uh, if you have any information, any information for me, if you have a really good battery charger and you like it and you love it and you've been using it for quite some time, go ahead and let me know. Uh, rechargeable batteries, if you, if you have some, let me know because I'm always in in the uh, market for new uh, nickel metal hydride batteries. Uh, let me know about flashlights. What what uh, flashlights you have that you know last a long time on a set of batteries? Because that's I really love those uh, flashlights that last for a long time. Um, Headlamps, lanterns, all that, all the stuff I've talked about on these seven podcasts. Let me know. Um, I'm going to be doing some, I'm making a comp- composter right now. I might be talking about compost here soon um, because we're going to be doing some ra- raised bed gardens here probably this next uh, spring because it is um, mid July, almost, almost mid July. It's uh, the 9th. And so I don't think I'm going to be putting up the, the raised bed gardens this year, but uh, I'm going to be planting some mulberry trees if my wife lets me, of course, because I took some cuttings off of our family mulberry tree we had at the farmhouse. I snuck in there. We don't own that place anymore, but I snuck over there, and took some cuttings from it. And it's a white mulberry tree. If you know what mulberries are, the t- the typical mulberry is uh, like a, a a purplish color. And some of them can be a reddish color as well. This one is white. So when they are, well, normally the um, the white fruit are the ones that are not uh, ripe when when it's the, the uh, purple mulberries. But on these ones, the they're kind of reddish when they're when they're before they're ripe, and then they become really white. And they have a different little different taste to them, more of a mild sweetness. And the reason I really like these, we live in the suburbs, and if birds eat them, and you know what birds do once they eat, uh, it won't stain anything. 
the purple ones will stain everything. But these ones are, are white and and uh, birds eat them and don't leave any mess behind. It's it's really really nice. Plus, you know, I, I can walk in my yard and if I step on them, the dog steps on them, the kids step on them, and they come in the house, they're not tracking in you know grape, you know, or um, anything like that. So that's something I'm doing now. I'm I also got the uh, a couple starts of my mother's pear tree, which is just just Ugh, such a delicious pear. It's some kind of sugar pear. I mean, and, and when when this thing's ripe, you bite into it, and the juice just gushes down your chin, and and it's just so freaking good. And I'm hoping uh, I can get those propagated. I know mulberry trees are super easy to propagate. I use some rooting, rooting hormone and everything. I'm hoping it also works on the pears. We'll, we'll see. I, I just uh, did that uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. I started those. So if all goes well, then I'll have a couple of pear trees as well. If not, if that does not happen, uh, her pear tree is actually fruiting. So once those come of age, so to speak, I'll go ahead and get some seeds and I'll try to do the seedlings. Uh, both of my parents are gone now. My mom passed away actually this year, a day before my birthday. And uh, I wanted to get these things as like a legacy of of my mother and something I want to cultivate. And I'm the youngest out of 10 kids and I know it's a lot, but, uh, and I, I kind of want to, I wouldn't mind giving some of these out around Christmas or spring of this next year and say, you know, this, this is the, this is, these are the mulberries that we all grew up with. You know, this, this is the pear tree mom had, you know, at her place before she passed away, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a good thing. I talked about fruit trees before, how, how easy they are. Uh, I mean, if, if you have broken arms, broken legs, you can still walk out and grab an apple, grab a pear, you know, grab some mulberries. And I have, actually have a secret family way we, we collect our mulberries from our mulberry trees. Maybe I'll talk about that. I'll probably uh, do a podcast strictly on mulberries, probably called The, the Mighty Mulberry. Why not? heard of the mighty oak the mighty mulberry and uh, we made jams and jellies and everything out of those so anyway different subject solar hot water if you want to give it a shot simple easy just throw a hose on the, your concrete when it's hot outside and uh, turn it on fill that water you, you know exactly what i'm talking about even if you don't have a black garden hose if you have a yellow garden hose it's hot you know it so uh like I said, check me out on Facebook. I also have a YouTube page, Low Watt Living. I no longer do videos at the same time I do my audio podcast because there's just so much involved with doing a a video podcast um, and the editing time and everything else. And I'm getting short on time here where uh, I have to get my son from daycare. So until next time, keep Low Watt Living. 